Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Mayor is a real-life political saga following Musa Hadid the Christian mayor of Ramallah during his second term in office. His immediate goals, repave the sidewalks, attract more tourism, and plan the city's Christian Christmas celebration. His ultimate mission is to end the occupation of Palestine. Rich with detailed observation and a surprising amount of humor, mayor offers a portrait of dignity amidst the, the madness and absurdity of the endless occupation, opposing a question, how do you run a city when you don't have a country? The film is called Mare, and it's an award-winning film, winner of the Grand Jury Prize at Full Frame, winner of the Next Wave Prize at the Next Wave uh, Documentary Film Festival, as well as Winner's Circle of the 2020 Doc NYC. And we're joined today by the all-purpose five-tool player, as we say in sports, uh, the uh, director, producer, editor, and, and a cinematographer, and that would be David Austin. David, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you so much for being here. Well, this is a remarkable portrait of a man who seems genuinely concerned about, as a politician and as a human being, about the fate of the city and the fate of the people in it. And this access that you must have been able to, and trust you must have been able to gain with uh, Musa Hadid um, was remarkable. Tell us a little bit about how you got interested in this idea of doing a documentary and a little bit about your relationship with Musa. Sure. Yeah. Well, I spent a little bit of time working um, in and around the Middle East, uh, and I was actually pursuing a different career um, before film in, in refugee law. So I was studying in Cairo. And over the course of that time, I, I would go occasionally to Ramallah um, just to visit or, or you know, to, to see the place as a tourist or whatever. And then um, years later, I was working in film and I was working as an editor on a documentary by a Palestinian director named Mahana Jakubi. That film was called Off Frame. And I uh, was doing the edit there and it had been some years since I'd been to Ramallah, but I was amazed by how much the city had changed in the last few years and that there were, it seemed like to me, uh, maybe I just never noticed it before, but there were there were hipster bars and, and nightclubs and free unlimited public Wi-Fi, a Jaguar dealership. And I was just, I was having a great time and meeting some, tons of people and it's this incredible hub of of where all these expats are living and nonprofits being headquartered there. And it's, you know, 10 minutes away from Jerusalem and just this remarkable city. And I was really uh, enthralled by it, especially because as as a North American uh, person, um, I, I couldn't shake the fact that even though I'd spent so much time in this region, I still had such a one dimensional idea as to what cities like, quote unquote, should look like in right. this part of the world. And I was kind of amazed that I was amazed and enthralled by the fact that I was enthralled. And so I kind of filed that away. But then uh, a year or two later, we finished this film that we were working on. And I was talking to the director of that film, um, who's from Ramallah. And I was like, out of, hey, out of curiosity, what's the mayor of Ramallah like? And he was like, oh, you know, he's he's a great guy. He's Christian. He's, um, he, he's very charismatic. Uh, to see him vaping around town a lot with his e-cigarettes. And I just remember thinking to myself, wow, I'm just so intrigued as to what his job is like. And I think for me, all the films I get excited about making are orbiting around one big central question that feels kind of unanswerable unless I learn more. And that question in this case was, how do you run a city if you don't have a country? How do you run a city underneath an occupation? What does that look like? 
how does that feel? What does that mean? And um, the film was just compelled by this, this need for me to answer that question for myself, essentially. Well, he is, as I said, he is a, he's a quietly charismatic person. He's a very one-on-one -on -one kind of personality where he can sort of just hone in on something and really make you feel like you're connected to him and what he's talking about. That's the impression I got from watching the film. And one of the things I truly love about the film is that we follow him on the day-to-day -day of being a mayor, walking into a school, drilling down into how the school's doing, how the people are doing, the, how are the doors working in the school, just things like that. And at, at, at its essence, that's what a political leader should be about. And, and the fact that he's been able to make this connection, such a personal connection, is, is remarkable. It's a remarkable portrait just on that level. I think it's it's actually something I, I mentioned to him when when we had first met was that I I think people don't really think much about civil government uh, or local government in in the states and at least that felt the case to me before 2016 um, and I think that more importance was placed on that in in the U.S. Uh, certainly than I'd ever felt in my lifetime prior to 2016 of just like how are you represented on the local level and I think. For, for me, what was compelling and fascinating about Mayor Musa was he, you know, he's one of the only elected officials that people can have. You know, he, he, there hasn't been elections for a long time in Palestine um, and people voted for him and then they voted for him for a second term and it's his last term. And he is this kind of first re re elected official who can represent them. And to be an elected official in a place without a country uh, and to be an elected official where, you know, the only thing you can really advocate for is your own city because you don't have control over your borders or you don't have freedom of movement. And uh, so like how, so how much more important is civil government and, and local, you know, municipality work? How much more important does a, a festival become or clean streets become or architectural preservation become? And I, I would spend time there and see all these issues become so heated and, and so important, I think, in part because, I mean, this is a way to exercise control on autonomy in a way that's otherwise inaccessible. I mean, I'm glad that he is the embodiment of this, but it, it is the most logical, the most attainable thing in a situation like this is to be able to take control of the things that you can take control of, right? I mean, that's what he does really effectively. I described him the way I described him as personable, one-on-one -on -one kind of person. How would you describe him as sort of as a politician, but also if you want to parse that out into how he is as a person, or is there much difference between those two? Yeah. I mean, I think one, one thing Musa would always say that I really appreciated was that, you know, he, he's, he, he doesn't, um, he doesn't own the office of mayor. He's just borrowing it. And I think that says, pretty much all you need to know about him as a person. He, he would always talk about, you know, the fact that he's he's not the mayor forever. He's the mayor for now. And someone else will have that job one day and someone else had it before him. And he sees himself as a steward for his city. He's born in Ramallah. He's from Ramallah. His family's from Ramallah. It's a very important identity for him. In addition to being Palestinian, he's from Ramallah. And that's a very specific identity in Palestine. And he wants to do right by his city and he cares deeply he just doesn't stop. He doesn't sleep practically. I mean, he, he lives and breathes the idea of how through his eyes, how can he better his city and how can he make it a place that he feels pride, pride in. And it's amazing. There's a couple of these small incidents where he's 
I mean, they, you know, the old saying in politics is, you know, you want somebody who will who will fill the potholes. Well, and there's one particular uh, project that's being worked on. It's sort of an intersection, and they're putting in bathrooms, and I guess they're repairing the road. And and this man's insisting that he have lunch with him. He he won't let him leave until the man sits down with him for lunch. So, so those are those kinds of things. Uh, I do want to talk about, by the way, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with the director, producer, editor, and cinematographer of an amazing documentary film called Mare, and that would be David Ossett. Ramallah, you you alluded to Ramallah's place in Palestine and its relationship and the situation that the occupied territory, really, that's what Palestine is now and has been since 1967. And there are events in that take place in the film that in some ways just sort of overshadow everything else about the, what's going on in that world, uh, in that part of the world. But before we get to that, because I, I think it's it, it's an important event it, and it's it resonates to this day, I want to talk about it's how close it is to Jerusalem, which is part of the event that I want to talk about, it. but the relationship with the Israelis. And, and in some ways, if that folds into your ability to move back and forth into Ramallah and out of Ramallah in terms of when you were doing this project. What is the relationship with the Israelis that Ramallah has? Israel occupies the West Bank. It is uh, it was militarily occupied. Um, there are Israeli-controlled checkpoints that surrounds the West Bank, wherein uh, settlers or Americans, such as myself or other people, can freely cross provided they show their passport and through which Palestinian citizens uh, with Palestinian ID may not cross. They may not enter Israel. There is uh, a wall that has been built that surrounds the entirety of the West Bank and blocks it off from the state of Israel. There are certain people with uh, ID from uh, a Jerusalem ID and they are allowed to go back and forth uh, in certain situations because Jerusalem is a very complex city and, and certainly deserves its own film. But I think it's really important for people to understand that Palestine does not have its own currency. Uh, it is using the Israeli shekel. Um, it does. There is not freedom of movement. Many Palestinians who, if they have to leave the country, they have to go to the neighboring country of Jordan before they'd be able to go to the uh, Ben Gurion airport outside of Tel Aviv, which is approximately 15 miles away from Ramallah. You can see Tel Aviv from the hills of Ramallah. You can see the Mediterranean Sea from the hills of Ramallah. But there is not freedom of movement. I think the best way to articulate it, if if anyone's still confused as to what that relationship is, is that it's a colonizer relationship. And I, I genuinely don't think that that's a politically contentious thing to say, because if you look at uh, the circumstances surrounding what Palestinian people can and cannot do, um, they do not have equal rights, freedom of movement, or protections under Israeli law, because they are not seen as, as Israeli citizens. Right. Yet, they have their own representation, their own country. They're not allowed to vote in an Israeli election, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I just want to clarify that. Uh, I, I'm fairly harsh in my description of what the situation in Palestine, and if this is over the top, let me know. But it, it functions in many ways like an open-air prison is really what it feels like from, from my perspective. And the event that really kind of is a fulcrum for the film is the United States recognition of Jerusalem and moving the American embassy to Jerusalem and then recognition of that as the capital of, of Israel. And that plays itself out in the film. Describe what that 
the impact that that had? For the last several decades, A, um, the United States has been perhaps the, the main partner in peace for Palestinians and Israelis in terms of this concept that should there ever be some sort of a deal negotiated that would ensure the, the civil rights of Palestinians um, or the feelings of protections that, that Israelis were looking for, um, that the United States would be a key broker in that deal. For decades, uh, there was uh, essentially an understanding that Jerusalem, East Jerusalem in particular, would become the capital of the Palestinian state um, when that would come to pass, as was talked about in the Oslo Accords of 1993, 1994. Um, this was something that was brokered, again, in part by the U.S. to create eventually a, a city that would become a capital inside of uh, East Jerusalem for Palestine. The acknowledgement of the United States of Jerusalem is in its, in its entirety as a contested city, as the capital of Israel was essentially a, more than just a slap in the face to Palestinians. It was the, the, the complete abandonment of their national aspirations as far as they were concerned right. and from their biggest ally internationally. Right. So it was, a, it was a devastating moment. The reaction to your work, who, if as the mayor, as Mayor Mossad Hadid seen the, the film and others and curious what, what their reaction was to it? Yeah, I, I showed uh, I showed the mayor and his family the, the film um, and their reaction was 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 great um, and, and very welcome. Uh, I would have been I would have been very sad and confused if if they didn't like the film, because I really made the film thinking very consciously about what does Ramallah look like through Musa's eyes and trying to show Ramallah through Musa's eyes. I didn't feel, especially as a Western filmmaker, that it was my job or my really wasn't something of interest to me even to, to make a film about Ramallah, you know, to make a film that tried to uh, articulate every nook and cranny and detail of the Israel-Palestine situation um, or to be a film that would be a roadmap for understanding Palestine. That was never my goal. Um, I feel like that would have been a really obtuse and sort of colonial goal if that was my goal. I, but I, what I did want to do is show Ramallah through Musa's eyes and make a really simple film. Yeah. I wanted to, I was obsessed with this idea of, of could I make a, almost a fable, uh, but, a, but in a complicated place. And I was really keyed into following Musa's journey and how does what does he want Ramallah to be what does he get frustrated about how does he feel when he goes on these international trips and comes back with with peanuts from from people who are paying lip service to the idea of Palestinian freedom but unable to do anything for it and uh I, I always needed to keep the film grounded in what his experience was that was really important to me so I would have been devastated if he didn't like the film because I really tried to to make it with him as a partner I find it hard to believe you wouldn't have liked it, but yes, absolutely. And I like the fact that you shot a lot, a lot of the scenes you shoot from behind him. So you we're seeing what he sees in the film that that was a, a way of conveying just what you described. And, uh, and finally, I, I, I'm so grateful that you, and it's a tribute to Ramallah and the people in it, that we see a functioning town, a place where people come together, do what everyone does in every town you would hope in in the world where they, they they interact and they have commerce together and they sit down together to see it functioning. And because our perception of Palestine and the Palestinians is just so degraded that it's it's great to see this just on that level alone. Well, it was also important for me to depict 
the truth that I saw, which was that when there was dysfunction, it is almost entirely coming from the effects of the occupation. Right. You know, not being able to build a sewage treatment facility is not because they don't know how. It's not because they don't have the money. It's because they are denied the permission to do so by the Israeli occupation of Palestine. Not being able to have a cemetery uh, is not because they are uninterested in tending to their dead. It's because they can't get a land permit to build a cemetery outside of the Area A zone of the Oslo Accords, which is under Palestinian authority control. But outside of Area A, you literally need permission to do cer certain civil and public works projects, things like that. I, it was So not only I appreciate what you're saying, and it wasn't, but it wasn't only important for me to show a functioning city. It was important for me to show the cracks in that functioning city as being caused very much by uh, a circumstance that the rest of the world seems very glib to. Yeah. Well, David Austin, thank you. Thank you for the film. Thank you for Mayor. Thank you for an insight and, and, a, and a chance to get to know Musa Hadid and his city and the people in it. And uh, thank you for being here on Film School Radio. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate it too. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music